This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Super excited to welcome back my friend. I don't think you've been on in a bit, Chris Biederman. Chris Biederman is co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast. He writes for the Sacramento Bee. He's an all-around really awesome guy, and I'm happy he's back on the show. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I disagree with a lot of what you said in the intro, but uh, I appreciate coming back. And yeah, it has been kind of a long time since I've been on. Do you agree, you agree with that part? Yeah, yeah, I agree with Do that. Do you part. agree that you are the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast? I agree with that part too. Yeah, that's indisputable. And you agree that you write for the Sacramento Bee? Correct. Okay, so at least we were in agreement on some things. And you know, it's sure. kind of indicative of our friendship. There are a lot of things we agree on and a lot of things we disagree on, but it works. We're still we're still very good friends yeah absolutely friends friends can have disagreements um can. friends can friends can go to opposing colleges that's mm -hmm. fine these things do happen they do they absolutely do we were talking about something earlier and i said i'm a smart girl and biederman said are you and i said well i went to a very good school um <laughs> which he didn't necessarily agree with that's that's but he was wrong because i did go to a good school no, Michigan, Michigan is a fine institution. I have no negative things to say about the university that employs Jim Harbaugh and who's clearly done everything above board the last couple of years. Faces I really don't scrutiny. know that Ohio State can um, get into a conversation about that. Also, Jim Harbaugh, as you know, is my Lord and Savior. So I would appreciate it if you say nice things about him. I love him. Yeah. Okay. Even though he and the university are ruining cheeseburgers for me, which I'm a little upset about because I love a good cheeseburger, but what are you going to do? I will never forget the look on Jim Harbaugh's face after his last game he coached in 2014 when it was very clear and apparent that he was going to Michigan. And he was in the Niners locker room after the game, which we never saw him there. Mm -hmm. um, so it was weird that he was there, but it was his last game with the 49ers because he was leaving. And I told him that you know, because I had covered him for a couple of years at that point. And I had told him, like, I don't know if you knew this, Jim, but I went to Ohio State and he was the the look of incredulousness. He didn't even respond. He just like kind of shook my hand and had this like that just this. He was shocked. He was he I think he was worried for me. Um, it, was, that's fair. One of those, it was one of those Jim Harbaugh facial expressions that's just etched in my brain forever. And frankly, I'm I'm happy that I was able to experience that moment with him because I do think Jim Harbaugh's disdain for for my college, Ohio State, is very, very real. Like that's it's visceral. And I was, you know, I, I was happy to to get that emotion out of him, even though it was silent and more visual. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. My disdain for your college is also very, very real to the point that just so you know, due to like whatever regulations there may be, you're actually not allowed to say the words again on this podcast. There's a quota, there's a limit. Otherwise we have to put like an explicit thing and I don't want to have to do that. Which words? Ohio State Buckeyes? <laughs> there's, there's, you can't say it again. You're not allowed. That's it. Okay. We're done. When I when I'm upset, like when when they lose, <laughs> I call them a state university. I always Columbus do find that funny. Ohio. I'll let you say it again. I do find it funny when you tweet a Ohio State University and not the Ohio State. That actually really does make me laugh. Yeah, State uh, University of Ohio at Columbus. Right. Yeah. No, when they when they lose games like to Oregon or other schools or Michigan, like they have the last couple of years when they get trounced. Okay, let's talk Niners. No, nobody, nobody wants to hear about this Ohio State Michigan thing. Um, we think. could do a pool, and well, let me tell you, as the season goes on, people want to hear about it, and we will discuss further. But yes, today we will talk San Francisco 49ers with their first preseason game on Sunday. Did not go great, but it's a preseason game. The, the score and the outcome really doesn't matter. It's what what did we learn? It's the friends we made along the way, and what did we learn from those friends? that we made along the way. So let's start at a position that really no one is talking about, and that's quarterback. No one, people just don't talk about that much with the Niners. It's just been like smooth sailing, but there is a QB2 competition going on. It felt on Sunday that Trey Lance had a real opportunity to separate himself and perhaps give himself an edge in that competition. Don't think that happened for the young Mr. Lance, but... Kyle Shanahan has actually been surprisingly, um, what's the word I want to use? Glowing would be really strong, but maybe surprisingly complimentary of Trey on Sunday and how he played. And so I, I do find that somewhat interesting. Sam Darnold felt played significantly better, but I would love your thoughts because I know what I think and I've been, I tweet about it and wrote about it. So now I can sure. hear about what you think. Yeah, I, I think whenever... Look, whenever Kyle Shanahan speaks about a player, I just assume, and and particularly when it's overly complimentary, like Kyle Shanahan is as honest as any coach in the NFL, I would say generally, but Kyle mm -hmm. Shanahan also knows exactly how to play the game. Yes. Correct. And I don't think that the 49ers are necessarily looking to trade Trey Lance because my argument's been the whole time, regardless of how he played on Sunday, he has more value to the 49ers this year on the roster than he would if he was turned into a draft pick, whatever that draft pick yeah. would be in a trade. Because if you listen, and you know this as, as well as anybody, because you're there all the time, Tracy, that the Niners are all in. They're pot committed. They're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. They have a firm understanding that this group of this particular group, these players might not be together in this form ever again after the season mm -hmm. because of the salary cap ramifications that are coming with Nick Bosa getting paid. Brandon Ayuk do a new contract. So the Niners are all in right now and trading Trey Lance for a draft pick next spring doesn't do them any good when it comes to trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Because as we know, because Kyle Shanahan has had to use three quarterbacks in four of his six seasons, that there's a very realistic possibility, whether Trey Lance is a second string quarterback or third string quarterback, that he's going to get meaningful snaps this season. Mm -hmm. That's just what history says, right? Right. Um, so when it comes to what he says about Trey Lance, 
yeah, my eyebrows raise a little bit when he's overly complimentary, particularly talking about the touchdown pass and that he really I loved. Would, his I wouldn't call it overly more than I would think he should be, but it was very like clearly it was very clearly a bad decision, right? And very clearly should have been an interception. <laughs> but also, Kyle Shanahan understands that the possibility exists that Trey Lance does get traded before the regular season starts. I would guess right. it's a remote one. But Kyle Shanahan isn't going to bash Trey Lance publicly when he could potentially be trying to get the best the best draft pick possible from, say, the Atlanta Falcons or someone like that who might be interested in, in trading for Trey Lance. So I think Kyle like and, and the same was true about Jimmy Garoppolo, even, you know, when when it was very clear the 49ers were moving on and they were trying to trade or trying to move on to Trey Lance from Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan still had a ton of glowing things to say about Jimmy Garoppolo where if you took him at face value, you would say, well, if you believe all this to be true, then why are you trying to get rid of him? Right. Well, he was saying those things because he wanted to maximize Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value. So that's sort of what I take away from that. When it comes to Trey Lance's performance on Sunday, this this might not be a take that a lot of people love, but like I kind of refuse to have any strong takes about Trey Lance without getting a prolonged sample size of him playing actual football in the regular season because you can go back to Josh Allen, um, you can go back to Justin Fields, even you can go back to Jalen Hurts and you can look at their careers and say, those guys needed at least a full season or two seasons before you felt like you knew what they were. And for, for Trey Lance coming out and having played so few games in college, that was the main thing was that he just needs game time. He needs a season or two to develop to become whatever he's going to become. And then we can make judgments on whether or not he's the guy that you want to move forward with as your, as the face of your franchise. And ah. the 49ers tried to start that process last year and then Trey Lance broke his ankle. So with them being all in on trying to win the Super Bowl this year, they don't have the runway that other teams who drafted quarterbacks highly to develop them had because they were in a rare situation as a Super Bowl contender drafting a quarterback third overall. That's basically unprecedented, right? Like, right. So we've never seen that before. So Trey Lance hasn't been afforded that season or two of development, which leaves the rest of us to judge him off preseason games which to me is bananas. Like it's crazy to think that preseason performance is indicative of how good of a quarterback Trey Lance is or isn't or how good he can or can't be. I agree with all that. I'm not even talking about that because I'm not looking at Trey Lance as any sort of starting quarterback this year. They're very clear on who the starting quarterback is. I've talked about exactly what you just said on this podcast multiple times, but this is what they got. I'm talking strictly about the backup quarterback position. And this is what they have to judge him on because I don't, I agree with you. He is going to need that time. That was the plan for last year. He gets hurt week two and they no longer can afford to give it to him. And I don't think he's going to get that time in San Francisco or Santa Clara. I I think that is probably, he's probably going to end up with that time elsewhere, whether he gets traded before the season, which I think I agree with you is a remote possibility, whether it comes time for the trade deadline. And there's a team that says we're out of this but we think we can develop him. And more than that, the 49ers have lost somebody that they didn't expect to lose. They have a glaring need they didn't expect to have, and they need to make a trade at the deadline to go all in on the Super Bowl that they want to win this year. So I totally agree with all that. And I really, I don't think it's going to end up being in Santa Clara, but I'm talking specifically about this backup quarterback position. Cause right now mm-hmm. that's what he's competing for. He's not competing to be the face of the franchise and he's not going to be the face of this franchise, but 
the backup quarterback position, what we, what not we, because we are not making this decision, but what they have to judge him on are going to be these preseason games. And I had felt that it should be Trey Lance at the backup position because you do know what you have at Sam Darnold. So like you have that there with Trey Lance's ceiling is so much higher, but if he can't prove to them that that's an option on this win now mentality, that if something happened to Brock Purdy, who's the guy that you know what you got and can work with, it might be Sam Darnold. Yeah, it might be. I, I would just, and generally, and you know how much I hate preseason just in general, because I feel like it's just the football collective lying to everybody who's watching because For sure. look, whatever it, whatever situation the backup quarterback gets thrown into during the regular season, I can promise you they're going to be more than zero starters on the field, right? right. Then Trey Lance had to work with, right? Like Trey Lance had no yeah. starters on the field. They were running a preseason version of Kyle Shanahan's offense. We know how good Kyle Shanahan is at scheming and devising offenses to maximize what he has season. But in the preseason, he's very much not doing that. So like, I I'm just, I have a hard time, you know, even like Kyle Shanahan knows because he sees the practice tape. He knows exactly what each quarterback has to do on any given play. And he's going to make his decision based off that, in my opinion, more so than, you know, what happens in a preseason game when Trey Lance is playing behind a sieve of an offensive line uh, without any skill guys, without Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk and Trent Williams and whoever else you want to throw out there, like evaluating Trey Lance or any quarterback, even Sam Darnold in the second half, although he looked a little bit more poised, maybe because the Raiders defense diving into their third and fourth string units wasn't as good as the Raiders second string unit that that Trey Lance was going against for the most part. And again, I'm not trying to be like some Trey Lance apologist. I just don't think one preseason game is really indicative or should be indicative or or your ultimate decider on who your backup quarterback is going to be. I think and Kyle Shannon is probably going to do this. It's an evaluation of the entire body of work. So what happens at training camp? What happens in preseason is Trey Lance, how well is he doing with the things that are within his control that don't include, you know, being under attack basically in half of his snaps under pressure yeah. from the Raiders defense. That's a real thing. And so of course it's a real thing. He also had a backup offensive line. I'm not right. I'm not bashing Trey Lance here. I'm going all I'm not I'm saying just, you are. You I'm know, just, I'm I, I think, but he will be judged. That's not going to just be this game. It'll be all of them and training camp. I also wouldn't be completely surprised if they don't name a backup. They're all three on the roster. You've got Brock Purdy's a starter, and then the other two, it's it's or. It's do the you think or. they would have? Do you think they would have all three quarterbacks in uniform on game day though? Maybe. So I, I, they have, I do think, despite what he said at the owners' meetings, I do think they have PTSD from last year in the NFC Championship game, and I, I don't so. blame them. I mean, I think once you go through that once. I think that maybe they would. And I don't know if it's important to you to keep all three of them. This is the other thing that I think becomes kind of an interesting conversation that you and I are not going to have to make a final decision on or have with the people involved. But if they do want to keep all three of them, Sam Darnold is a veteran. You know, if, if he does, let's pretend that he plays decently the next three games, because for him, by other teams, he will get judged in the preseason, as will Trey Lance, because they don't have the training camp footage and all of that fun stuff. So he will get judged by that. So if you go to Sam Darnold and say, all right, we want to keep you here, but you're going to be number three. Or, and he's like, okay, I think I'm, I played pretty well in the preseason and I have 
I know there are teams interested in me. I'm going to go, you know, but it's important you to keep them. Like, can you, can you make the, we're going to dress all three of them on game day. And then we're going to see how the games play out. I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's unorthodox. It may not be a great way to go, but I think that they are going to dress all three of them on game day. I don't, I just don't know how else, what are you going to every other week? You got to go out Sam Darnold's a healthy scratch or Trillian's a healthy scratch. I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation. And this is why I'm glad I'm not in charge of it, but. I think Kyle Shanahan cares less about optics than. No, I'm not talking about optics. I'm talking about keeping the guys on your roster that you want to keep on your roster. Sure. Yeah. I, I think he'll, I think he'll end up by the time the regular season starts, in my opinion, he'll, there, there will clearly be like a a delineation between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold in terms of who the backup is. I don't know who that's going to be. He he hates naming a starting quarterback. (laughs) True. But, but I think (laughs) I don't, I just don't know that they're going to have three quarterbacks up on game day. That hasn't been something that, that we've typically seen. But you can have a third one dressed now, right? That doesn't count against your roster. Wasn't that rule changed? Yeah, but I think that I don't. I need to go back into the specifics of it. But not, who knows? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. I just, I, I think, I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back to the specifics of it too. But I am pretty sure the rule was passed that you can have a third quarterback dressed on game day that does not count against your 46. Yeah, it, it's it's a very. What's interesting about it too is just how different Sam Darnold and Trey Lance are, sort of schematically. Right, like different. You you think of you know Kyle Shanahan initially wanting to utilize Trey Lance's legs a lot, and I think that was partly because he didn't have a whole lot of confidence in Trey Lance as like a pocket quarterback early on. Mm -hmm. But there's an element of your offense where you have the quarterback's legs to utilize in when you have Trey Lance out there that you don't have with Sam Darnold. So is Kyle Shanahan going to want to say like, well, we think we can give defenses something they can't really account for with Trey Lance's legs by making him the backup, maybe lifting the ceiling of the offense, or do we want to go for more of a known commodity who's going to run the same stuff that Brock Purdy does in Sam Darnold? I don't, and I don't know. The decision gets tough. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's what I actually do think it should be Trey, because I would think you'd want the person with the ceiling that's higher that, that does give you a whole, another part of your offense that being said i could also see yeah but this is the backup quarterback and if the idea is he's really going only going in if something happened to brock do you want to disrupt the offense that much if you've got to throw him in there what they don't expect to and at least the offense is used more used to a sam darnold style of play again i am not in charge of this decision and i'm glad that i'm not in charge of this decision but i think those are the things that i think you have to weigh if you are I, yeah I'm just looking forward to the regular season starting. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, preseason football <laughs> is just so ridiculous. But you know, but it, but you learn stuff, and let's take the quarterbacks out of it. There are other things that happen in the preseason that, obviously, preseason football not ideal. But there are other things that you can learn, and and that teams need to learn in the preseason. And something that I'm finding somewhat interesting is the nickel position. And So Isaiah Oliver was the only projected starter to play on Sunday. And the reason we all believed he was a projected starter really is that Steve Wilkes had indicated early in training camp that Isaiah Oliver was the projected starter at nickel. Kyle Shanahan said on his Monday conference call that Isaiah Oliver is not necessarily the projected starter, which is why he played on Sunday. He did not play great. I think that is worth talking about because he was playing against all the Raiders second stringers and he did not play great. I'm not saying that we are making like a blanket statement on his Oliver from this one game by any means, but I think it's something worth looking at because if there is to be a weakness on this 49ers defense, 
it could perhaps be at nickel. So Sam Womack got a lot of reps there. Um, we know Deshaun Jameson, who's who's made a really good impression on the 49ers in this training camp, has the potential to be there. So I just think that's a position that is worth keeping an eye on, especially because they brought Isaiah Oliver to Santa Clara to be their starting nickel. And if it doesn't work out, it's I mean, it's I'm not I'm not condemning the move. I'm just saying it's interesting to keep an eye on. That's all. Yeah. Uh you remember Sam Womack basically began last season as the starting nickel. Well, not as a basically. Rookie. He started the first two games. Yeah. And then when when Diamador Lenore had to kick inside because Emmanuel Mosley, when he when he got hurt against Carolina. But Emmanuel Mosley Amador... didn't get hurt until week five. So Sam Womack started those first two games and then that was the end of it. So there were Diamador Lenore went inside for Sam Womack and then yes. Mostly but then Diamador Lenore had to go back outside. And Jimmy Ward, who was coming off an injury, had been who'd yes. been replaced by Deshaun Gibson's safety, becomes the nickel. Right. So it's a roundabout way of saying the 49ers do do, or at least Kyle Shanahan did, or maybe people in the front office felt strongly about Sam Womack as a nickel candidate last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 would make sense. Um, I'm interested, like Sam Womack. I think is like has still has a lot of potential to be one of those fifth round picks who sort of slid under the radar, maybe because he went to a small school, maybe because he wasn't highly recruited. Like he was a guy, he was a walk on um, who basically earned team captain status and, and is sort of like, I don't know if he was actually a gold helmet guy, but you know how they have like their scouting terms, a gold helmet guy, like, which is more of, a reflection on like the person, like a high quality individual work ethic along with like talent. Like mm-hmm. they do Sam Womack as that type of person, which is, you know, those are the guys, those type of guys that they've hit on in the fifth round, like your George Kittles, your Talano, who fungus like guys like that. So I do think there's a possibility that Sam Womack ends up being somebody who's, who has a pro career where you're like, man, that guy, that guy's pretty good. And they got him in the fifth round. Like it's a good find. Um, it's only year two for him. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, we've seen the 49ers and, and I think Kyle Shanahan, just the way they view the cornerback position. And maybe this is different with Steve Wilkes around this year, but like you really have to earn the trust of the coaching staff. If you play any of those spots, because we saw even, you know, in 2021, when the 49ers had drafted Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas, they invested resources at the position, but when they needed corners, they didn't go to the rookies initially. They went to, you know, veterans and Drake Kirkpatrick was getting run over in that Colt McCoy Cardinals game, right? That was a whole, that was a hot mess. And Josh Norman had to start a bunch of games, even though the 49ers reckon like recognized that they need help at cornerback. They drafted guys for those spots, but they didn't trust any of the rookies that they drafted at that point. And so instead of just playing guys and, and having them out there. So the fact that Sam Womack, even last year, earned the trust of the coaching staff to open the season as a starting nickel, I think says a lot. Um, now, obviously, he he was not the starting nickel for long, but I think there's he probably looked at that as he should and say, you know, in the offseason, I need to improve a lot because there is this opportunity there for me. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if he ends up winning the job. Well, and it's Diamond or Lenore actually started that 2021 season. I think he did start at corner for a few games and he ended up stopping when they brought in the Drake Patrick's and the Josh Normans, because I think they saw something in him, but he couldn't really continue it. It was kind of, you know, it was interesting. And then to end that season, they have Ambry Thomas starting 
playing a lot of snaps. And I think, and I did a, I'll shamelessly plug this. I did a story on Ambry last week and Ambry talked about how, you know, he, he played well, he got that interception to send them to the playoffs and he did a little bit feel like he'd arrived and it hurt him going to last season. He and Diamond Lenore kind of flip-flop and Diamond Lenore after his rookie season recognized quickly, as I think Sam Womack has done after his rookie season, recognized quickly that he had to change some things, that he had to work harder, that what he thought he needed to do to stay successful in the league, he was going to need to do. Uh, and it took Ambry Thomas a little bit longer. And you're seeing a very different Ambry Thomas this year so far. But I think with Sam Womack, he seems to have maybe gone the Diamador Lenore route where he learned a little bit quicker. So I also would not be surprised. It's also interesting with corner that they have Charvarius Ward, who's definitely one of the top corners in the league. He was an undrafted free agent when he first came into the league. Emmanuel Mosley was an undrafted free agent. They have Deshaun Jameson, who's impressing people. Ambry's actually probably the highest, the one selected highest of all of them. And he's fighting a little bit for his job. I mean, I think he's proven at this point that he should keep it. But it is it is kind of interesting what happens for them at corner. And I think what Lenore was sixth round pick, right? Lenore was also in the fifth round. The Niners just team right, Elijah Mitchell was the sixth round pick. Yeah, the Niners team wide have a pattern of drafting guys at, at the same position, multiple guys, and the later round picks being the ones that they that they play more, they rely on more, or just end up being. Don't sleep players. on Avery Thomas because he actually go blue, but don't sleep on Avery Thomas because he, I mean, he really he's improved. But you, exactly. but yeah, but you said it like Diamador Lenore is a fifth round pick, Avery Thomas was third round pick, yeah. same year. Lenore's played a lot more. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, sixth round pick. Trey Sermon, third round pick. Trey Sermon's yeah. no longer on the team. Elijah Mitchell is their second string running back. Juwan Jennings and Jalen Hurd, same yeah. draft class, basically drafted to play the same position. Jalen Hurd, no longer in the league. Juwan Jennings is their number three receiver. Um, you could even make the same case for Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, right? <laughs> you definitely <laughs> all those picks in Trey Lance, and then it's a seventh rounder, Brock Purdy, who ends up being the guy. So they just have this funny pattern going where they draft guys at multiple spots or draft guys at the same spots at different rounds. And the guys who are later round picks end up being the guys who play more. I think it's, it's just kind of a fascinating dynamic. And I can't decide if that's like, if that's a really good thing for the front office and the personnel department, or if that's kind of an indictment, like, are you guys getting this value wrong? Are you missing on your earlier round guys? Or what's, what, what's the key to success in the late rounds, but why doesn't that apply to rounds two and three as often? I have thoughts fun. on that. I'm going to give one more potential example. We'll see how it plays out. But then I do have thoughts on what you've just said. You have Ronnie Bell, a seventh round pick, who's impressing people and not just in the game, but in camp and in OTAs. And we'll see what happens with Danny Gray in long term. So we shall we shall see. But that well, it's a potential another one. But it's it's interesting. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think it probably is a good thing. Perhaps it's also an indictment. But at the end of the day, they've been to three out of four NFC Championship games. They went to the Super Bowl, so they're doing something right. So if it works, right. it works. I think it's also a little bit of. An indictment would be a strong word, but I think it's also the draft. I mean, you just, right. you kind of don't know. And I think it's funny. I think it's really funny when you see people like really angry about missed draft picks. Like it's just, <laughs> to me, it's like missing the forest for the trees. Like how many teams would trade rosters with the Niners? Like 28, exactly. 29? Correct. <laughs> so sure. you can be, you can be upset about some draft picks, but no team has a hundred percent hit rate in the draft and the Niners still have a pretty good roster. So ultimately to your point, the draft can be a crapshoot for sure. It definitely can. And in some ways, it, it I don't know, in some ways it doesn't surprise me that they hit so much on the later rounds because those are the guys that people maybe aren't paying as much attention to. You know, those are the guys you sure. find. Those are your diamonds in the rough, so to speak. So 
I think it is. I think it is pretty funny. So preseason week two upon us. I know you're super excited. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I had one more like guy that invested minimal resources in versus like an early round draft pick. Zane Gonzalez and Jake Moody. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's gonna be fine. It's not. It's not a. Um, we can. We can move on. Then. We. I, I know what you're gonna say, and I know. You know what was? I will say was very funny yesterday in the press box. I mean, I kind of expected when he missed the first pick that it was just gonna be like raining down on me, and say they were like quiet as church mice. No one would even like look at me. Like you know what? We're just gonna leave this 100 alone, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fine i actually ultimately think it is going to be fine and i don't think it'll probably it'll probably be fine it's just like it's unfortunate for jake because now there is all this attention like if he just made both those field goals or if he just made one and then zane gonzalez kicked the other yeah or the others then it's not really a story but now Another it's a story and it's going to get talked about the one thing i would point out and maybe this is just my psycho over analysis as somebody who plays golf too much that when you have the two-way miss that screws with your head a lot more than when you miss the same direction. Like his first miss, he pulled left a little bit. Second miss was like 40 yards to the right. And I know it was like a 58 yarder, right? but I just don't love a two way miss Tracy that that messes with your head far more than just missing in the same direction each time. So I'm curious to see how he rebounds from that. I think he will rebound from that. I think he, he made a comment he, when we talked to him on Sunday, you know, he said, I'm, I'm glad it happened now. He know, and, and a reporter said to him, you know how this works? Like there's going to be all this attention on, he's like, I do. It's, you know, it is what it is. He's talked before about having a short memory. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. I think just like any other rookie in their first NFL game preseason or not, I think it's nerves and it's unfortunate. I think it is better happen now, but I personally am not overly concerned about it. And I I understand the psyche thing. And I think it's, it certainly is a real thing. One of the benefits of Jake Moody is that nothing really seems to get into his psyche in theory. So we'll see, but I don't, I don't really think it'll be a problem. I think he'll kick on Saturday. He'll make his field goals. He'll be fine. In theory. He will. You know what I don't like is negative <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Let me tell you that right now. Um, but that's my only point is he has to be good. You just and don't, you can't good. have, you can't have a middle of the road kicker that you draft in the third round. He has to be like really good. That's the thing. That's my only, my only take on Jake Moody. He will, he will be good. I know my heart. He will be good. It is funny. So many of you probably know that I started this company and started covering the 49ers because I grew up a 49ers fan. I would certainly not characterize myself as a fan anymore. Like I'm not, I don't hate them. I'm not like sitting there being like, Oh, I hope they lose or anything like that. But like, I'm not a fan. Like that is not, I'm a reporter now. It's different. But I, my bias comes very into play when it comes to Michigan and especially Jake Moody and everyone, including Jake Moody, seems to have completely just like accepted it. That being said, the reason I'm such a Jake Moody fan is because I have watched him for years and he has made me not cry on multiple occasions. Like I've been on the verge of crying and Jake Moody's performance has made me not cry. So I know he's going to be fine. And I want to make this more than an bell. I don't, I don't want to make this more than it is, but I think you need higher standards than making me not cry. I think under, under Jake Moody <laughs> for his particular job, I think that's exactly the standard. That in which sounds like play. a toxic relationship you may or may not have with your college football team. If, if, oh, no, if, yeah, no, if the standard is please make me not cry. 
Well, I mean, I think we all know, first of all, the head coach of my toxic relationship football team is kind of toxic. So like right off the bat, I also have this, I mean, you have this very similar relationship with the Los Angeles Dodgers when they make, I mean, they they make me cry so much and I keep coming (laughs) back. It's like every October I'm done. It's over. We're not doing this again. And then by like February, I'm like, you know what, you guys, let's give it one more shot. We've had so many good times together. We have such history. I think that's just the beauty of being a sports fan. Yeah, or you could be an Oakland A's fan where the team no, just deliberately tries to not be good and then is trying to pack up and leave. And See, I'm telling you they're that. rooted in a certain area of Northern California. You're in a gaslighting relationship with the Oakland A's. I've ended the relationship. I I would hope I as long as this Vegas thing is happening, it's they're excommunicated. Like I only I, I only acknowledge them when you know when 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 I have to. They're they're like the ex from like high school. Mm, okay at this point you know like there that's it's not even a relationship anymore it was nice while it was happening but it's just been you know it's it, one of those extremely one-sided things mm-hmm. and uh i just can't you know not not i've been unwilling to put up with it for the last few years and with all this vegas stuff i'm a fit i've been officially done so it's fine okay well bye i'm bye. not gonna let them make me cry tracy well if you want a, a baseball <laughs> team that will probably make you cry welcome to being a Dodger fan they're fun though I mean they're super fun and they'll get pretty far and sometimes they'll win it all but sometimes they won't but I mean you'll really you have a good time they're a fun group so please come join yeah I mean I believe you I I do like going to San Diego oh no we can't this is not something that we can do Mm -mm. this is a San Diego is probably my favorite town outside of uh yeah we're gonna that's gonna be a no for me dogs (laughs) outside of my beloved Santa Rosa yeah, no, it's going to be a no, but I appreciate you. Is yeah. there anything else you would like to discuss about San Diego or the San Francisco 49ers or Michigan football? No, I did have a point. I don't have anything to say about Michigan football. I did have a point that about the quarterback thing that I don't like just a little bit of context because I know everyone's so hyperreactive. And and this was a hyperreactive situation also but do you remember when Jimmy Garoppolo came back from his ACL injury in 2019 and mm-hmm. in his first preseason game against the Broncos he, he looked five like interceptions and everyone freaked out no that was the practice before it but he looked Didn't he awful. also throw multiple interceptions in that game I, it was yeah one or maybe two and maybe one that like should have been picked I think he threw multiple interceptions that game because everybody was freaking out so like he just had five interceptions in practice and he had- no but it, it looked like Jimmy Garoppolo forgot how to play football mm-hmm. like coming off the acl injury it had been 10 months since he played football it's been basically 11 months since trey lance has played yeah. any any meaningful football so let's just give him a little bit of a run a runway right because jimmy garoppolo that season was the only quarterback in the nfl to and i'm far from like a jimmy garoppolo stand but like jimmy garoppolo was the only quarterback in the league to be top three or top five, maybe in touchdown passes, yards per attempt, and completion rate. So, like, and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. So, like, Jimmy Garoppolo ultimately was fine, despite looking mm-hmm. like he never played football before in the preseason. So, let's just like understand that one preseason game is not going to define any player, good or bad. Was, was I giving you the impression that I thought it did? No, I'm just making the point. I wanted okay. to, I wanted to make the point while we were talking about Trey Lance and then. One preseason game, there's definitely not. He could have three bad preseason games, and it doesn't. And this am I on Twitter too much? Maybe I'm just reading Twitter too much. No, I mean it's possible. I mean people and people have gone, and I think part of it with Trey and my feeling on this is like, get over it. They made the trade. The picks are gone. It's done. Like stop. But people freak out because of that. 
but like it's done. It's so like get over it. They made the picks. This is where they are. But or they traded the picks and then you know made that pick. I I am also the belief, and I say this a lot. Training camp in the preseason is also where you should make mistakes because hmm. part of it is that and Kyle kind of talked a little bit about this on Monday. Like you want him doing things, and if they don't work, they don't work. But that's how he's going to learn from it, and that's true of all of them. A, a lot of the best quarterbacks talk about training camp in the preseason being an opportunity to test their limits, right? Absolutely. And, and I don't know that Trey Lance is necessarily doing that, but like not. Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy who's like going to make throws that he wouldn't try in a regular season game to see if he can make them. Yeah. And, and I like calibrate his game that way. And for someone like Trey Lance who hasn't played a lot of football, he it is an opportunity for him to just do things and see what happens. Like that touchdown, he's going to learn from that touchdown. That touchdown, which should have been an interception, he will learn from that touchdown. There are a couple, I'm sure he went back and looked at the tape that there were a couple of those sacks where he could have just thrown the ball away and he will see that. And that is kind of how they learn. And I just, at this point, I just think also at this point, it is a different conversation. This isn't the conversation of, can he be the starting quarterback? Cause he's not the starting quarterback. It's can he win this backup job from Sam Darnold? And I, I just do think that changes the conversation because with the Super Bowl window, as we talked about, you're going to go to the guy where you can say, you know what, though, at least I, I know I, I know he could come in and do the job. Which one of them that is, I'm not saying I know right now. I'm just saying that's, it's a different conversation than, let's say, last year when people were freaking out about trailers. <laughs> it's, it's just a very different conversation. And I'd make the argument that last year, no matter what the circumstances were surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo, if they were convinced that the Trey Lance plan they had for the year was going to work, they weren't, they wouldn't have re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's done. It's over. Yeah. It's, it, it's over. It doesn't make any difference, but Sam, Sam Darnold is the, the more well-liked Blaine Gabbard, in my opinion. That's really true, but I, I just, yeah. just like, I think you, that's need, probably... you need a guy to check down a lot, then Sam Darnold might be your guy. It's great. I think that that might be true, but, and they, but they may decide that's what if well, when you have Christian down, McCaffrey, yeah, you can probably right. check down. You can be if, fine. If Brock goes him. down, I just need the guy that I don't think will make a lot of mistakes and can just check down and do what it, I need to do. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think we'll obviously no more. I mean, roster cut downs are two weeks away, which is crazy. Um, but you know, we'll know more in a couple of weeks and what they decide to do, but I wouldn't be surprised if they put Sam Darnold in that position for that reason. I also really would not be surprised if they keep the three of them and don't flat out say which one is the backup and which one isn't. I don't know. There are so many options, Chris. I think, you know, what I think it would be, too? it would be Throw all hard... of them out there at the same time, hike the ball and just see who gets it. <laughs> Go. It would be an all-time troll move for Kyle Shanahan to never announce who his backup quarterback is by having all three of them up and then us only knowing when who who that player is when if and when Brock Purdy gets hurt. And I 100% don't put it past him. In 2021, he refused to announce that Jimmy was the starter, even though everyone knew Jimmy was the starter. Yeah, we'll so, see. Who knows? But I, just, I mean, no, he's probably going to have to. They're probably going to have to make a decision on that. He might do. He might do it just to troll Eric Branch. He he might. On the call today, <laughs> someone asked a question about um, George Odom's injury, which was kind of a new. It's a shoulder issue. They're hoping to have him back for Week One in case you guys missed it. But um, 
And he said, let me get the specifics. I don't want Branch to come after me. That was great. The uh, I, I wish more people were privy to the Kyle Shanahan, Eric Branch relationship because it's it is spectacular. It's it's comedy gold. They both embrace it. Kyle Shanahan knows almost exactly what's coming every time Eric Branch starts asking a question in a press conference. Mm-hmm. Branch knows exactly what Branch is like an extremely self-aware person and knows exactly what type of reaction he's going to elicit. Mm-hmm. And it it always provides for a high quality back and forth. And so when Kyle has an opportunity to, uh, <laughs> to, to, I guess, jab Eric Branch a little bit, it's always a good time. Always. It is always a good time. It is the most fun. Well, Chris, so many questions will be answered in a couple of weeks and I'll make sure to have you back sooner rather than later to discuss them. In the meantime, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Candlestick Chronicles. It's a 49ers pod on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, you can find my stuff in the Sacramento Bee. It's there's not a ton of 49ers stuff there recently, but you know, kind of tapping into the the wider world of sports these days. I but like still it. talking 49ers on Candlestick Chronicles. So find us there. Um, and if you want to subscribe to the Sacramento Bee, that would be great too. My bosses would be thrilled with that. Uh, do it through a story with my byline, preferably, because my bosses see that. And uh, obviously that's good news. So yeah, find me find me around there. You guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find me on Twitter at TracyFGSN, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. You can find all of my writing, five fun facts, everything at fgsn.com. If you guys like what you heard today, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating, leave a positive review. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye all. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.